It's trash day, I'm putting you out, it's trash day. Putting you out, it's trash day. Putting you out of my mind. It's trash day, I'm putting you out, it's trash day. I'm putting you out, trash day, I'm putting you out of my mind. Now I'm gonna clean up, now I'm gonna clean up, now I'm gonna clean up the house. Taking all your garbage, taking all your garbage, taking all your garbage. <coughs> It starts with some beer, so you shouldn't have fear. Two garbage guys with facts, but they both still have tact. It's that time at last for the best damn podcast. It's Can Crusher Day! And welcome to another Can Crusher Spotlight Mark Martinez alongside of John Padalano. John, we have a great interview today. We are talking to the GOAT, Barry Horowitz. Yeah, this guy's been all over the world, John. In my opinion, the number one enhancement talent out there. He's held several titles across the world. Yeah, he he made every match uh, believable. He made every match look good. Um, he made you think he was in every match, and he's got some pretty good stories. Like you say, he's been everywhere. The guy's wrestled uh, just about everywhere. Yeah, and he's looking to come back around and see people. He says he's got something to, to offer young wrestlers coming up, and if you listen to the interview, I would agree with that. I think he's got a lot to offer um, this next generation of wrestlers. And you'll hear the interview right after our caller and elbow, a great sponsor. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. And welcome to another Can Crusher Spotlight. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have an interview with a man who holds a victory over who many consider the godfather of MMA, Ken Shamrock. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to Barry Horowitz. I am the English professor, and I am here with Mark, and we have the one and only Barry Horowitz. Barry, welcome to Can Crushers. Thank you. Since you're getting technical with the names, we got to go with Mr. Technical Barry the Goat Horowitz. Sorry, uh, Mr. Petnical. Technical. We, technical. You messed up Technical. Already, messed up, uh, e, technical. E. There's a guy e. out there now who's all about his pecs. Right. Sorry. Okay, Mr. Yeah. Technical, uh, e, Barry right. the Goat Horowitz. The Goat Horowitz. The Goat Horowitz. All right. You ba- got it. Barry, you got it. Uh, good help's hard to find. It really is. I let this guy come on to an interview one time because normally he's the, the guy in the back and look what he does. Stumble right out of the gate. Oh my God! Yeah, so that's all right. We all do, right? Right. So Barry, again, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, we're going to dive right into it. 
And my first question all the time is, how did you get involved in wrestling? Was it a grandfather? Who showed you when you were the little goat that wrestling is amazing? Well, let's see. That's that's a good one. Um, as far as you mean, how did I get involved in professional, or did you mean amateur, or what did I get the first the first inclination to be a pro wrestler? When did you first discover it on on TV? Let's say when did you become okay, a fan yeah, of pro very wrestling? Very good. Okay, I was. Uh, we moved to a different house in St. Pete. I'm from St. Petersburg, Florida, and. There was uh, the TV was on, and it was I remember T- WTOG channel forty four in Florida, and it had Mister Clean and Thunderbolt Patterson wrestling, and I saw it, and that was it. That was the end of it. I said, "That's what I want to be," and I was between thirteen and fifteen at the time. So how did you so, get how did you get involved then with wrestling afterwards? We know you went to Florida State. Were you right? were you wrestling there? Did you wrestle? Mm-hmm. You know, well then I I decided I joined a youth center for free, and you know you could you could work out there. They had a a, uh, a city, uh, if you will, wrestling team. Did that, progressed through junior high, high school, and college, and then also in the back of my mind, I said I just don't want to be. You know, when you hear stats about a pro wrestler, and and I mean, there's other professional people, MMA and boxers and stuff that don't have a, a major background, but most do. But I didn't want to be that guy. I wanted to say, well, he's got a background in amateur wrestling, this, this. this. My pedigree and, and so forth is not of a Kurt Angle or a Scott or Rick Steiner. But, and I'm not an AU or an NCAA champion like Brock Lesnar. But I, I held my own in amateur ranks. And uh, uh, it's tough in college. And also, I couldn't afford to stay there and also at the same time turn pro. So I said, I'm picking pro. And I think I'm glad I did. I think if I stayed there four more years, I may have missed my opportunity um, being introduced to the greatest trainer of all time, and I'm not just saying that, Professor Boris Malenko. Yeah, you read our mind. Uh, we were going to ask you about Mr. Malenko right off the get, as we know he's your trainer. How was it, you know, training underneath him? Phenomenal. Just all business. Don't sass him. Don't back talk. Respect do what he says we were there three four times a week and it was very cold in the winter and very hot in the summer type atmosphere and uh, old school and that was i'd stay there three hours three nights a week never missed a training session in a year and a half wow dedication right off the get so when oh when, yeah when you were getting started barry um how hard was because you were working in an era when you mm-hmm. know a lot of secrets were still protected. Yeah. Um, Iron yeah. Sheik has said that. Um, I guess he was partway through training before someone even pulled him aside and said, "You know, eh, here's kind of how things work." Um, when were you filled in? Well, a little common sense there on my end. You know, coming from the amateur ranks, you know what's going. You know what what what's. You know what's smelling in the kitchen, uh, basically, and what's cooking in the kitchen. You know what what's going on, but you have to be smartened up, if you will, a little bit, and just tricks of the trade, and just the different little uh, little intricate things that knew that you're you're going from an amateur rank to to a professional rank. 
And it just comes slowly. You hear people talk. You're around people. That's the good part about traveling and being with the likes that I did. If I didn't travel and didn't listen, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Plus my, my, my self-determination, plus the people I hung with, always surrounded myself with people that I idolized. Uh, I didn't want to be around trouble. I mean, this was my dream and career. Who are some of those people that you did idolize? Um... Oh, wow. <sighs> okay, well, of course, Malenko and uh, Carl Gotch, uh, Bob Backlund, Bob Orton Jr., Don Morocco, Eddie and Mike Graham, Steve Kern, Brian Blair. Ah, wow. Hmm. I mean, there's many, many, many more. Um... That's a who's who list, though, Barry. Right off. Oh the yeah, bed. my list. My my list is is just in, you know, just jumping Jim Brunzel. Uh, wow, um, just uh, a lot of guys from Minnesota. Jeez, um, uh, I'm. I know I'm. You know, after you come, after the interview, you go. Oh, I forgot about this guy. Uh, real big, uh, uh, Paul Orndorff. Yes, I was a huge yeah. Orndorff fan. Yeah, and then the people I hung with and listened to, you know, uh, Rufus R. Jones, Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man, Valiant, um, the Crockett Promotions, uh, Blackjack Mulligan, uh, Mr. Saito and Mr. Fuji, uh, Lou Albana, Freddie Blassie. Um, Yeah, these were all important people and uh, entertainment giants in our field. When, um, when you were training with Boris Malenko, take us through uh-huh. a day of that, a week of that. Is there a point where you're not getting in the ring, where they're getting you in a wrestling shape first? Um, how did that transition from day one until, um, however, it was 18 months later where they said, you know what, you're ready to get into a ring? Yeah. Well, first of all, I was training before that. I was weightlifting and what have you, and my and 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 all the things that I did in the amateur ranks also, and worked a physical job. And then you would go there. When we first started, we were in an old judo uh, establishment. It was kind of broken down a little bit, and it was owned by Ed Malley. He's a judo. If you look him up, he's a judo world champion. And what's weird is I heard he was teaching still judo in his eighties. And wow. the weird part is. The weird part is, I heard he was at a YMCA in my hometown, and that's weird. And I went to go see him, and it just got it. it I still may progress. I'll still probably investigate that. But this was a couple of years ago, and now you got to understand. Now we're in a room with judo mats, which are about an inch high, and you're taking slams, backdrops, suplexes from the likes of uh, Jody Malenko, uh, Shelly Malenko, Mr. Malenko. Uh, Carl Gotch, uh, Carl von Stroenheim, Louis Estea, uh, just different people like that, and it, it'll toughen your, it'll toughen you up big time, or get out. Yeah, we mm-hmm. we consider ourselves pretty old school fans. We're forty two, forty three years old, um, mm-hmm. but we're not going to pretend to know everybody you just mm-hmm. mentioned. So. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us why uh, backdrop or body slam from one of those guys was maybe a little different than uh, than somebody else. Well, they're just putting their you know they're putting their heart and soul into it, and plus gotcha. they want to toughen you up and see if you could take it. And and 
you can't candy coat it, you know? Like right. uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams says, wrestling isn't ballet, brother. Right, right. So, so, so and right. another another couple people I just wanted to add is Jack Briscoe and Ric Flair. Yes. Excellent. We know them. Uh, yeah, we yeah. definitely know them. You, yeah. you hit our, our strong point there. Mm-hmm. Arn Anderson, mm-hmm. Tim Horner, Brad Armstrong, the whole Armstrong family. Yeah. Scott McGee. Mm-hmm. Les Thornton, Tony Charles, Tony Gurria, Rick Martell. So, speaking of some of those guys, um, mm-hmm. in reading a little bit about you, you know, we remember you from about the mid '80s on. You mm-hmm. you had some time in, uh, I guess, would have been Vince Senior's promotion, the World Wide Wrestling yes. Federation. That's right. I actually started there. Okay, I started there. Yeah, I actually um, when I. Basically, you know, graduated, ready to take off and get polished, built my foundation in Florida. Uh, Mr. Malenko gave me a list, and it had the Puerto Rican office on there. It had uh, uh, um, uh, Portland, uh, Crockett Promotions, uh, Stu Hart, and I decided, I said, you know, I'm going to get in my car, and I just drove up north uh, by myself, and... uh, had a little job, got some money, and called up Gorilla Monsoon at his house from a payphone on the beach in <laughs> Belmar, New Jersey. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Smart Guy, and he's the veteran. I'm going, oh, yeah, I've been wrestling two years, sir. and <laughs> But I wasn't. And he says, well, I'm gonna, you need to come down to Allentown, Pennsylvania, where we film every three weeks. And it's an all-night filming, like it starts at 7, it don't end to 11, and it's two days. The, third, the second day is at Hamburg Fieldhouse in Pennsylvania. Both of these establishments are still going, and I think they run indie shows, they although do. I worked for uh, the Ag Hall for Vince uh, Jr. And I'd wrestle in two days six or seven times. Wow. Oh, yeah. That takes a toll but on I was, your body. I was also, I was also, yeah, but it didn't matter. I, my dream, I wanted it. I was 21 years old. Who cares? Right. So why? So, Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh no! So I, I stayed for about a year. Another foundation was built. I did some house shows here and there, which I was grateful. They didn't have to do that, but I guess they liked me and they liked what they saw in me. And then I asked Vince Senior to send me somewhere. I need to do this progressively every day and get polished. And he sent me to Crockett Promotions, Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling. Everybody was there, starting with Jay Youngblood, Rick Steamboat, Ric Flair, Bob Orton Jr., uh, Wahoo McDaniel, Michael Hayes, all the um, uh, uh, Anderson brothers, uh, Gene and uh, Ole. Uh, there was just an array of talent there. Uh, Johnny Weaver, Rufus R. Jones. Um, now, here I am. I just sit in the back seat. These guys are driving and just listen. That's it. Just listen. That's all I did for about over a year. I stayed there two years. I was wrestling at least five to six nights a week in the car, five nights a week. We got on a plane once a, a month to Canada to go to Toronto, Maple Leaf Gardens. What were uh, some of the things you were doing for... Uh, who were you wrestling when you were wrestling, you know, Vince for Vince Senior, and then when you went to Crockett, um, mm-hmm. was it similar to what you were doing, you know, in the mid '80s when guys like us discovered you, 
Um, no. Were you wrestling in championship matches or anything like that? No, not not at first. Of course not. I was just a rookie. I was green and basically just getting my feet wet and just you know uh, putting guys over and uh, but just doing what I was told and doing my job and uh, paying my dues, which is very important. You know, like the song goes, The Dance by Garth Brooks, which I'm a country music fanatic. It's my hobby. You got to go, you got to, you got to, before you go to the dance, you got to pay your dues. You can't go to the dance and then pay dues. And the other song is, you know, you got to climb that mountain by uh, Miley Cyrus. That's another one. So those two songs are embedded in my mind, and I believe in that. You, If I had my way, everybody that started pro wrestling would be broken broken in in Tokyo, Japan. Well, I, I, and that's where you learn respect, you pay your dues, and nothing's handed to you. You I can't was, wrestle in Japan, you're on a flight the next day home to the States. I was going to say that. And I, emphasize, I emphasize wrestle. Right, right. We, we've talked to a few people that said that. I was just going to say, let's touch on that, but I'm glad you answered. My point was, sure. I'm like, you have a great song selection, because it's the same thing that's on my Spotify, Garth Brooks, Miley Cyrus. You said My Way as well, so Frank Sinatra instantly popped into my head. Oh, I, I didn't say My Way, but I, I I didn't mean to say it like that, but if you no, want to I say know. that, fine. No, <laughs> that's just the way. I know what you're, now I know what you're saying about My Way. I yeah. hear you. Mental things pop into my head. So early on, sure, you, ha- sure. you, you held some championships in Florida and, you know, Continental sure. Wrestling, which is the AWA. Um, why why make the switch to Vince's and then the Crockett's? Is it uh, more exposure or was it well, you were done down there? Well, there's an array of questions right there. Number one, just want to st- uh, stand corrected. I never wrestled for the AWA or Continental. Okay. Yeah, AWA was Vern Gagne. Uh, I knew of it. I knew the people that were there, uh, but I never wrestled in his alliance. I've wrestled probably every major alliance except AWA and ECW. I'm talking the major. Now, you know there's a lot right. of little ones and so forth. But I've been, you know, and as far as Florida goes, that was my, my best goal. I mean, I was the Florida heavyweight champion back in the day. If you were the Florida heavyweight champion, you were gre- groomed to go against Jack Briscoe or Terry Funk or Harley Race for the world title. And I beat Mike Graham in his hometown for that. So that was huge. And I'm from Florida. And the only other guys I know from Florida that held the Florida heavyweight title was uh, B. Brian Blair and Steve Kern. Um, I know there was others. I think Mike had it too, Mike Graham. But they weren't right and they weren't from Florida. Okay. So, so when, uh, yeah, so so go ahead. When you transition to the mm-hmm. WWF that we know, WWE, yep. WWF that we know now. Yeah. Right. Why, I, I, put this, why did you yep. end up being enhancement talent instead of being the the big star? Oh. You know, how, okay. how did that come about? That's pretty easy. I know it's it's confusing to some people, but think about what I'm about to say. I'm painting a scenario here to you. Um, not everybody could be the winner. Not everybody could be Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, or Shawn Michaels. You can't have it. It's impossible. Right. People would be bored, and you would be smarting them up quicker than you thought. Uh, when you watch NFL, when I watched my favorite team, the New England Patriots, lose to the Miami Dolphins in a stupid finish that 
that old college hail, uh, not hail mary, but passing the ball. I forgot what it's called, but and they lost. Okay, I mean they're Super Bowl champions again. But what I'm getting at is it happens. It happens in UFC in anywhere from ten seconds to ten minutes. It happens in NBA. It happens in soccer. Any competitive. It happens in the Olympics. So it has to be. And in my situation, I guess that's what they wanted. That's that's who. If I got picked for that, and that's that's what gives my my legacy, so be it. Because I could have did this many times. Think about this. I'm not doing this. I quit or something. You know what? I wind up like some of these guys that are not in the wrestling business now and don't have nothing. I mean, regular job, nothing wrong with that. But you could have been something if you swallowed, you know, check your ego in at the door. And if you're going by, oh, I need to win, I need this. Well, tough guy, join the UFC, and you'll get real You'll get tuned up real quick. Yeah, that's a great point. But and then the point that I'm going to follow it up with, Barry, you were on uh, WWF Superstars more than the stars. Theoretically, <laughs> you know, you were I on didn't know that. every week, uh, and we only saw wow. Junkyard Dog. Like I every really other didn't week. know that. Yeah. Cool. Good. Good for me. I deserve it. Good <laughs> <Right>. exposure. <laughs> um, yeah. Watching your matches. Uh, mm-hmm. From the mid '80s, there were other guys uh, that mm-hmm. reminded me, sort of, of your work. Guys like Barry O, um, Tiger Chung Barry Lee. O, once, yeah. once he and Mr. Fuji split, you guys could have good matches, and you had charisma, and you can get a reaction out of a crowd. Yep. Mm-hmm. You could make people believe, holy, right. holy cow, this guy's got a chance. You know? Yep. Um, That's it, what you want. That's oh, what you want. Right. And you're doing your job. And by the way, Barry O is a phenomenal athlete and right. pro wrestler. Right, oh, for sure. God. For Heck sure. Yeah. Yep. Very innovative. Way underrated. Way underrated. I agree. I agree with you there. Um, there were stories at the time that some of these guys mm-hmm. who were getting in the ring probably should not have been in the ring. Um, okay. Did you ever experience anything like that? Like, um, I-, I mentioned Barry O, Tiger Chung Lee, yourself. You, you-, you obviously trained, you-, you put on an entertaining mm-hmm. match. Um, mm-hmm. And then there were guys who, you know, you, you'd see them not get an offensive move in at all. Uh, there were uh-huh. stories that maybe some of those guys were not properly trained. One guy got hurt uh, in a match against the Rockers years ago. I want to say maybe 88 or, or something like that. Did you ever see anything like that? Did you ever see a, a guy go in the ring and you thought, maybe this guy shouldn't be in there? Um, um, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it because I was their partner, tag team partner. Um, I remember one night. We were on TV in WWE, I think it was WWF or it was WCW, and it was me and some other guy, I don't remember his name, sorry, and I really don't, and it was against Scott, Scott and Rick Steiner, and he shouldn't have just been out there, he just, um, he didn't have a clue, and he, I just felt bad for him, but I did my part, and what are you going to do, I mean, that's just the way, it's the way the crookie crumbles, man, I mean, it's a shame, that's why when I got trained by Malenko, and I had this vision. I was 150 percent in to this day. My my question is: When you see a guy like that, Barry, yeah. do you kind of want to make the tag and, and get in and do his part because you know, um, or do you have to just let it ride? No, sometimes you let it ride. Sometimes you got to save it, and sometimes the other guy will go. You know, basically get him out of here, put R within. Okay. Mhm. Yep. So let's talk about let's talk about some of 
the matches that we we remember you in and some of the workers like my first one uh when we talked a couple weeks ago one of my favorite wrestlers was owen and you worked a lot with owen hart how was working with owen because i i thought he was just one of the most technical but you know you hear the stories in the back of just being a jokester how was being around owen just working with him first of all owen was a jokester but he wasn't that bad it was he joked with me, but there was respect also, and I saw the real Owen. When I first met him, I didn't like him. I thought he was spoiled, and just um, I, didn't, I didn't like him. He was a little stiff until he realized who he's in there with, respected me, and we became friends and had a ton of great, great, great matches. Uh, I respect his ability. He respected mine. Uh, yeah, I liked Owen a lot. Um, just everything about him was technically sound, and that's from that's from his brothers and his great father Stu Hart from a technical upbringing of old school grappling wrestling. It always prevails. Was Jack Hart um, an homage to to Stu at all, or where'd that? No, name? actually, when I left the school, Mister Malenko says you need to go as Barry Hart when you get settled. I said okay. So I used Barry Hart, and then it got changed a few times. When I got to Florida, uh, they changed it. If I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to think who did it. It may have been Michael P.S. Hayes or Mike Graham said, let's call him Jack Hart. That Jack the Stretcher Hart was my idea, because I said it on an interview on purpose, and it got over the Stretcher part. Right, and where did that come from? Stretcher in the word stretch in professional wrestling is slang for I'm going to tune you up. I'm going to stretch you in the ring. Right. What do you What do you mean? Well, you go out there and you'll see what I mean. When we're out there in the Tokyo Dome and you're you're being a wise guy, I'm going to I'm going to teach you. I'm I'm going to take you to school and stretch you. Right. But well, that was on the spot, Barry. When you came up with the stretch, nobody wrote that for you. Yeah. You didn't think of that before. No, nobody. No. Uh, no. Nope. I just said it. I said it. I was standing there behind Gordon Soley's desk and. Um, Tampa, Florida, and said it. And I said, I know what I'm going to do with you. It may have been directed towards uh, Pistol Pez Watley, which was done on purpose. And I said, I'm going to stretch you, Pez. When I'm done, you're getting stretched. Nice. They all thought I meant a, you know, <laughs> the fans probably thought I meant a stretcher, you know, right. like a gurney or something. Right. But what do they know? <laughs> right. At the time, they know everything now. They do. They do. Do you think, mm -hmm. do you watch any of the current product, and do you think that maybe they could use... Uh, a little more improvisation like like what you did some some yeah yeah i i see here's the thing i've gone not recently but i've did my same matches or my same techniques in front of the new school crowd and it may take a bit because see you you're, they're educated right now they're educated towards when, when they see tv matches you can have any kind of match you want on tv but they really are educated by vince's audience <laughs> And they see that, so they're educated. But back in the day, you were educated to the small studio, the wrestling, and so forth. You could still get them with that because wrestling prevails. And think about it. If, if I'm a fan sitting there and I'm seeing a technical suplex, technical move, chain wrestling, solid punches, headbutts, elbows, I, I'm going to get into it. You have to because not everybody's new school out there. I get fan mail every week delivered to a P.O. box, and almost every 9 out of 10 people say, I like the 80s and 90s, and I like your style. 
Right. So something's something's right. Right, and, and we agree. Uh, we do tend, uh, yeah, we tend to enjoy that um, a whole lot more. You, you on that note, you also mentioned the UFC and how people are, are smartened up a lot more. If you watch UFC, so many people that watch wrestling have maybe trained a little bit in this or that. If you get a guy in a hammerlock or or two guys struggling with a top wrist lock, it doesn't take much to turn that into a, a submission. And so I see a guy tap out to something like that in four seconds because he doesn't want to get his arm broken. And then right. I see Barry Horowitz and, and Owen Hart locked mm-hmm. in this thing for an extended period of time. Is that right. maybe why some of those holds have kind of gone by the wayside a little bit? Because people think, no, no, no this, is how you, this is how you defend that. Okay, so in the shoot, the UFC, yes, it does work that way. But in pro wrestling, people are educated now. Well, it's pro wrestling. They let it go. They don't care. And then they'll go, well, pro wrestlers are tougher. See, there's always, there's always an answer. You can always defend it. There's always something there. And then there's, sometimes there isn't something there. So it doesn't matter. But to leave it, by the way, uh-uh. I'm not leaving a top wrist lock out in my arsenal or a bottom wrist lock, commonly known as a Kimura. Right. Yeah, John. So, you know, get smart. Get smart, John. Come on, John. Start it. But anyway, uh, that, that top wrist lock is brutal. It'll rip your shoulder right out. Right. And really, not many people do it, but if you grapevine, if you're standing top wrist lock and you grapevine the guy's left leg, he can't mm-hmm. move. It'll just rip his shoulder. He can't, he, can't, he can't do nothing. It'll just rip his and it'll be nasty, and you're going to be out for about a year. You don't wow. see too many people use that grapevine with the top wrist lock because it's over. It's over quick. So let's talk about, uh, I'm always shifting gears, and then John brings it back to wherever he wants to. Let's talk about your first, and I'm big on air quotes, your first victory in the WWF over Body Donna Skip. Was that, was that in the running for a while? Did, uh, did Vince or somebody come up and say, hey, kid, we're going to give you a push finally. We're going to give you, you know, something to go with. Uh, how was that? I knew nothing about it. Oh. Um, I, I walked into TV. I, now I'm trying to get, it was either College Town PA, College PA, or Wilkesboro PA. I remember walking in there. It was cold, and I was traveling with Dutch Mantel, and I was just called into the lunchroom. It was alone. Just uh, Pat Patterson wanted to talk to me, and he was telling me about it. And he says, we don't know how long we'll do this. We'll see it. And I said, okay, great. And... Uh, that was it. I was going, is this a rib? Is this? I said, you know what? I'm going with it. So I went with it, and I'm glad I did because it was a shoot. <laughs> and you ended up getting the 1995 Most Inspirational Wrestler of the Year yeah, after that win. that was cool. That um, was cool. Yeah, congratulations for that. Yeah, thanks. Um, when you, shortly after that, you had the, um, a Jewish gimmick, I guess. You came out, uh... To the Hobbit yep. Nagila? Um, yep, you got it. Was that your idea? If it wasn't, were, were you okay with that? Because, you know, the WWF, even f- for years, as long as we've watched it, um, they play on nationalities, ethnicities, religions. Um, how did that happen? Uh, first of all, I, I had nothing to do with it. They, they just said it to me, and I said, wow, that's cool. The star of David on the trunks was Chief Jay Strongbow's idea. And they, 
the first pair had a couple of Star Davids, and he says, and he's he's got a great point. Sometimes overkill, and he was saying, you're not making fun of this, and you're not. It's like a Christmas tree with too many bulbs. He says, take them off, one on the left side, and that's it. Perfect. And that was good. That was the way to do it. Yeah, sometimes, See, sometimes less over, is more. What's that? Sometimes less is more, correct? Yeah, right. And then it was overkill. And then also you could take it in a, in a different aspect as far as, uh, what are you, making fun or you being a clown or, you, you know what I mean, you're just cartoon. So it was better that way. Uh, I do want to shift gears back, actually, uh, yeah. a little bit, Mark. We're going to go all over the place with this. Um, sometimes you hear about guys really working over um, enhancement talent, um, and then you hear about an Andre the Giant coming along and, and, and setting things straight and, and putting this guy in his place. Did anyone ever try you? Did anyone ever shoot on you? Did anyone ever think, ah, it's Barry Horowitz or whatever, I'm going to teach him a lesson tonight? Uh, first of all, there was no reason to do that with me. Uh, I don't know why. Um, I would say the closest, uh, some people are stiff and so forth. That That's not a problem. I don't mind that. I've I, I worked for, for all Japan for the giant Baba, and you can't get stiffer than that. Um, I think the only one that I could think of that I don't mind talking about was Tiger Conway Jr. It was just... He didn't like that I was getting pushed. He didn't like anything of that, and he didn't like putting me over. And we were, I think, in Tampa. And at the time, I would have a, a loaded glove, a black glove, and I would load it. And he he's going to be a smartass about it, which it kind of, that was his demise. Chief Wahoo McDaniel was in charge. And basically what I did was we were he was being a little stiff in there, so I stiffed him back. And then he, um, the finish was coming. I uh, he sunset flipped me. My glove was loaded, and I reared down and shot him right in the head. Pretty stiff punch right to the forehead and beat him. So what you would do normally is, when you get hit with brass knucks or a loaded glove, you're going to stay there and sell for at least three or four minutes. By the time they got my hand raised, he was up, jumping jacks and everything. So what happened? When he got back to the locker room, he got reprimanded, he got fired, and they spliced the tape and edited it out where it looked like I knocked him out. Haven't seen him since, so couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I hope he's doing well. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's that's a great story. Uh, traveling. I got a million. I was just going to say, I want one. I want one of the traveling stories. You know, somebody you rode with, uh, a funny story oh. that we can... Uh, Keep for the I got kids. a great one. Okay. Okay, this is for the kids. This is for everybody. This is not, this is awesome. I'm driving in a rent a car with, let me think if it was just the two of us. Okay, I don't remember if it was just me and Nails or it was me, Nails, Barry Darso, and John Nord. And when Nails is driving, I guess he used to be a repo man or a bounty hunter. We'd drive by cars, and he'd tell you the size of the engine and so forth. Unbelievable. Like, yeah, this is a six-cylinder with uh, dual carburetors. And, I, you know, I know about cars, but not like he did. So I don't know where we're at, possibly St. Louis or something. I think we're done with the matches. He decides to get off the off-ramp, off the interstate, and go into, like, 
I guess it was just a side street or apartment complex. It was safe where, where he did this. It wasn't what you see on the news today. And I think he rented a Cadillac. I'm pretty sure it was a nice Cadillac. Four of us were in there. Or it was just him and I. I, I don't remember. There's so many stories, and I've traveled with these guys numerous times. Anyway, Nails is driving, and he stops the car, and he puts his foot on a brake, and he punches it. The car's just spinning tires. It's not out of control. He's, he's, he's in control completely. I'm buckled in, holding on for dear life. The tires are spinning. They're smoking. He finally lets up, then he hits at the stop sign. He goes, how about that? I rented this Cadillac. I just took 4,000 miles off those tires. <laughs> no no repercussions? You weren't, uh, nobody called the cops or anything? I, I, no, I didn't know if to laugh, or is he serious, or is he crazy, or what. And at the same time, the same trip, I'm pretty sure this was St. Louis, and we were alone. He's driving kind of fast, but not, you know, reckless. And I'm in the passenger side, of course, and I said it was getting late. We were on our way home from a match to, to go to the hotel, and I said, uh, this is when you had a calling card. Remember, I know cell phones, you know, AT&T, use the calling card at a pay phone or what have you. Right. And I said, I said Nails, or I said Kevin, I don't know what I said. I said, I need to call my wife. I said, I just want to call her before I get to the hotel or what have you. Okay. We're driving, all of a sudden, we're like doing 80, and all of a sudden, he takes the ramp about 80 miles an hour. Like, he forgot something. I go, what the hell? What are you doing? What are you getting off the ramp? He says, you told me you need to call your wife, and I need to get you to a payphone immediately. Jeez Louise. Wow. <laughs> and he's serious as a heart attack. I said, thanks, Kev. Appreciate it. Duke's a hazard and, style. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Unbelievable. So, a double duty right there. But what a great guy, by the way. I like him. We actually saw Nails. He was a, our senior year in high school. He yeah. came to a, a really, really small indie federation. In WWWA. This would have been okay. 1994, maybe the summer well, of 94. Or early. When he was all blonde hair and oiled up. and Yeah. And he was their champion. He, um, he, he had yeah. run, you know, with the That's boss man. Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, still yep. going by the name of Nails and, and still in the uh, oh, okay. orange suit. Yeah, yep. You know, I heard a story. I don't know how true it is. You know Brad Rangins? Yep. He teaches. He's, he's broken in guys into the business. And he, if I'm not mistaken, he broke Nails into the business. And I guess they were in some kind of match. Don't quote me on this one. I was told from different people that Brad Rangins is an Olympic alternate. And he had Nails in a shoot hold submission. And Nails would not give up. He wow. would not out. He would not. This guy is, if he's coming at you, run or have a, a friggin' Uzi or shotgun. Because, <laughs> you know, mace and knives and plastic bullets and tasers aren't going to help. This dude is 6'8", 300 pounds. So, yeah. And he don't take no for an answer. He's he's brutal. I'm glad he liked me. Right? <laughs> Brad Reagans, uh, he trained our buddies, Mark, the uh, Destruction Crew, the Beverly Brothers. They did a great oh, story there. Yeah, yeah. We, we met them at a bar one night. And um, Mean Mike was a really cool dude. And Wayne the Train was a cool dude. But uh, Is it Wayne the Train or Wayne the Crane? 
I always thought it was a train. I thought it was a train oh, as well. I'm going to look this up now. Yeah, well, I, it's crane or train because the man's an amazing deadlifter. That's why. Uh, okay. That, that oh, yeah. Minnesota State, Minnesota State deadlift champion, if you will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those guys were who we had a couple beverages with them, and we'll leave it at that. And it was just fun. This is pr- way prior than uh, starting this podcast. We need to reach out to them, and uh, hopefully they don't yeah. remember us because this guy next to me was a train wreck himself. Yeah, well, I, don't challenge Wayne Bloom's ideas oh. on on history and immigration and who lives where because right. that mixed with some alcohol, he was ready to anyway. He and I were I like, like we're not getting along. I always got along with him really cool. He was a good guy. Yeah, they were good a lot of fun. On, excellent talker on the mic. They were a lot of fun, for oh, sure. Yeah, they sold everything on the mic. You, you're right. You're completely right. Let's stay with that. Let's stay with on okay. the mic right now. As you didn't get a lot of airtime on the mic, but nope. what about nope. some of the people today? Do you think they need some more coaching, or is that just the way that Let's stick with well, WWE. That um, you know, uh, I'm. I, this is my opinion. I've got. I got a thing about promos. I, I like when you're really acting smart on a promo, slow, deliberate, diligent, articulate. Sometimes it comes across like, okay, are you really that way? Are you rehearsed or reading the prompter? So it doesn't come up. But then I don't like this screaming and going mental, because then you go, are you acting? So you got to have a little bit of both. And Flair could do that to a certain extent. Steamboat could do that. Um, Arn Anderson, uh, Roddy Piper, uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, um, well, Hulk Hogan, of course, but that's a different realm because of it has to go with his persona. But, um, yeah, there's... Yeah, there's some crazy promos out there that are pretty cool. Um, I, I like that. Uh, I like the mixture of a little bit of both. Are you are you watching like Raw and SmackDown now? Well, no, not entirely. Um, number one, sometimes I'm not at home. Number two, uh, I don't watch wrestling with the family. They're not into that. They don't care about that. But I'm watching different shows that I like. But if I'm flipping the channels. And I'm just going to use anybody. I'm just not the current. I just want to use two people. Just, and you'll see why I'm saying this. Let's just say um, I see I'm flipping the channels, and I see Kurt Angle going against Triple H. I'm stopping and watching the whole match. I'm going to see a scientific heel technical wrestling match, and I'm going to see a whole story told, everything, A to Z. I'm watching it. If I see Bret Hart against Owen Hart, I'm watching it. If I see Dean Malenko against um, uh, Eddie Guerrero, I'm watching it. See what I mean? Yeah. That's my type. That's my that's my forte. That's what I do. I can relate to it. Right, and that's actually what we enjoy. Uh, we're Marks. I'm duly named Mark. My mother knew I was going to be a Mark my whole life, so she said, "This kid's going to be Mark." Um, we're into the WWE for our sons, more or less. I mean, we watch it. But we're, we're huge indie fans because each match tells a story where WWE right now isn't isn't doing so well. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know. I think they'll always be king and never say never in wrestling business. But I don't know. They've been up there and progressing. I mean, 
I remember when you talk about wrestling, WWE, WCW, whatever, it was kind of a joke or wasn't mentioned. Or If you watch TV now, I mean, I'm seeing people like Tom Cruise or, or Jack Nicholson on, a, on, on Jimmy Fallon, whatever, using pro wrestling like for a punchline or a mention, like, hey, what do you think, you're The Rock or something like that? They never used to do that. Right. It's because wrestling has heightened to... NFL status, NBA status, it's right there with them all. Not like it is, I, if not better. Sure. I agree, sure. I agree. And they don't have half an offseason. Right, and half of those people that are mentioning stuff like that, for instance, you could just tell Adam Sandler's a wrestling fan. He's been a wrestling fan. Just listen to some of his old movies. I remember one movie, it's probably 15 years old. He brings up Chief J. Strongbow, Madison Square Garden. He's from there. He's bringing up. He's a mark for wrestling. And it's a good mark, you know what I mean? He's a, he's a fanboy or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what's uh, brought up. Or they'll bring up John Cena's name or, or uh, Hulk Hogan or what have you. One other quick question about today's product. When you see a, a finish, you know, three oh. three finishes in a row and the guy kicks out, uh, it yep. bothers me. Yeah. Does it bother you? Yes. yes, it does. Well, here's the thing. I was watching, um, I don't know who it was. It was uh, New Japan. It was on Access TV. Sometimes it's live, sometimes it's not. I do watch that because I'm going to see a lot of wrestling. And i got to admit, the product... It, Japan is always number one when it comes to anything. They always got the new TV. They always got the new radio. They always got the new everything. And when it comes to wrestling, I'm seeing moves that I've never seen. I've seen a lot of moves. I mean, I've been all over the world, and I've been I've been in Germany and overseas in Austria and and Japan, Singapore, Hong Kong, different different uh, uh, technical wrestling and different uh, craziness. Uh, and some of the moves I'm seeing there, I'm going, wow, this is impressive. And some of it, I could tell. You take too many of those, you're going to have a broken neck or whatever or some damage. And it's just, um, I'm looking at it, and I was watching the match, and the guy hit him, and he used him for false finishes, three of them. And I go, you could have finished him like two minutes ago, and then you end it with a sunset flip or a small package. And I'm going, what? <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, that's what we're saying, exactly. When you, when you did the superplex or you did the pile driver off the top, one, two, three, you had the people, now you're going to use that and beat them with a small, you're going to lose the people, yeah. and they're going to be pissed, and they're not going to like it, and they're going to be smartened up really quick. Right. Yeah. Undertaker was the anomaly. You know what I mean? Like he, he takes a DDT and kicks out, or he takes two DDTs and kicks out. That was the exception. You know. Now every week, and also when when right when when they're paying homage to a wrestler that's no longer with us, I think it's great. But then there's a part of me that says nobody kicked out of the heart attack when when the hitman and the anvil did it. Nobody kicked oh. out of the the macho man's oh, yeah. elbow. Except maybe Hulk Hogan or something, but and right, these right. guys they they want to throw in that move and it's great, um, but they get a two count out of it, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. I I don't know. I I don't agree with it, and I don't. You know, not everybody does it. They do it a lot in Japan. They like to do a lot of big finishes. I've yeah. been in I've been in matches where that's happened where my finish may have been five or ten minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> 
All right. Oh. So, Barry, tell us what's up. We, we've drained uh, everything out of you for this show. Maybe we can uh, reconnect again. Tell us what's up with you. Um, one thing I see that's all over the place, and we are completely going to support this. WrestleMania is uh -huh. in your backyard next year, so you oh, yeah. should be sliding right into the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be nice, but I, I doubt if it'll happen. I mean, but I've always said back in the day, I said, they're never going to push me here in WWE. It'll never happen. And then, lo and behold, the thing with Skip took off for a year. I was captain of my Survivor Series team. I was in the Royal Rumble, in-your-house matches, promos, commercials. I think I did a commercial with Hakushi for Mattel Karate Fighters. Yes. I mean... I sang uh, next to Michael Hayes and uh, Henry O'Godwin and uh, Phineas O'Godwin, and um, uh, I think it was, was Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, and we were in downtown New Haven, Connecticut, singing uh, Sweet Home Alabama to thousands of people uh, on a mic. It was crazy. <laughs> how was that accepted, by the way? How, how was that accepted, that? Sweet Home Alabama in Connecticut? Uh, they didn't care. They just, because they liked everybody up at the podium, were all baby faces, and they loved that. So it didn't matter what you were singing, and probably some didn't like it, but they didn't care. But it's an iconic song, too. It is. It is. I agree. So, Did, yeah. uh, quick question. Did that help, by the way, when you went to uh, GWF, which was a fun promotion. I was bummed it didn't last oh, yeah. long. But the, the whole yeah. thing with Skip, and then I believe it was after that, uh, or yep. right around that time, maybe, I'd have to take a look. But you were in GWF for, uh, it might have been before that, actually. But, um, actually, it was before. Yeah, 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 before. you're right, you're right. I, that, was working for, I was working for Vince part-time and doing TVs for Global. You could do that at the time. They weren't necessarily working together, but they, no, not they at all. allowed you to no. work, work for one another. No, I see. Not a, yeah, not at all. But, see, what I liked is they pushed me in GWF, and I was hoping that they would see this. You know somebody's watching from the uh, WWF office, and I'm sure they were. And then all of a sudden I was told, hey, you're doing this. I said, well, listen, I gotta, I'm not getting booked here. I need, to, I need to do this, need to do that. I need to go to Japan. So that's when they just sat me down in Louisville Gardens and I had to sign the contract. And you held uh, the light heavyweight championship Twice. there a couple times. Yeah, I defeated Jerry Lynn. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 Jerry Lynn that's now signed with... Uh, self-promotion for yes. him, AEW, as a coach. Yeah, I was just, yeah, yeah, I was just told that uh, yesterday, actually, Barry Horowitz is looking for the same gig, either with WWF or with the new promotion in Jacksonville. That That's my second dream job, is is everything that, everything that Boris Malenko taught in my foundation, and then different things from Bob Orton Jr., Steamboat, Youngblood, Ric Flair, everybody that I've been around that's instilled in me is to mentor, teach, motivational speaking, just different things about the business, how to get in a ring, how to lock up, the little things that aren't taught properly. And when you get this from different people, that's how you, that's how you build a better student, better wrestler. Because you watch TV and you go, hey, oh, wow, the Saints got a new offensive quarterback. Who's this guy? And then sometimes you know him, he's promoted, but then sometimes you don't. But they give you his background, and it's new blood, and then all of a sudden you're winning championships. And then sometimes you're not, so they get rid of them. That's how I look at it. Barry Horowitz is new blood. I need to be some type of mentor, coach, training with either company, and I would love to do it. I think I'm qualified. 
My resume speaks for itself. I don't have to speak. You don't have to look at my Facebook. Come on, if anybody, most wrestlers know everybody. You, 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 just like football players, they know each other. NASCAR drivers, they know, they study. So, you know, and if you don't know my reputation or my personality of, of being a decent guy in this business, uh, then you're, you're blind or you don't listen or you live in a hole. Right, right. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, I mean, I'm just calling it like it is. I'm not p- trying to put myself over. I'm no, uh, you know, I'm no superstar, none of that stuff. But I guarantee you, I mean, I've did some seminars for independent shows, and it's amazing. You could tell some people, they, they didn't have a clue. They didn't, know what, they didn't know what to say. They're scared. They're nervous. And then you got some that go, wow, I really learned something. I really didn't know that or this or that because they're being up front because I would do that. And I did do that. I did that with Carl Gotch. I did that with, with Mr. Malenko. I did that with his guests that he brought in. I go, oh, my God, thank you. I, 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 I didn't know that. I said, and that's how you become better. If you think you're, you know, king crap on Turd Island, you're not going to, uh-uh. <laughs> right. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Yep, yep. So. Uh, earlier you had mentioned uh, some of the, the, the mega stars that, that, that cross-promote and are in movies and whatnot, like John Cena. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. But before any of that, before The Rock, before any of that, Action yeah. Bronson was throwing your name around, Barry. Oh, God, please. Okay, let's. so we're going to talk about somebody that's not relevant, that Barry Horowitz to this day, right this minute, is more relevant than him. Good job, John. You messed up this interview. All right. Moving on. <laughs> no, you didn't. Not at all. No, not at all. I mean, that's, you know, you want to be, you know, you want to be a wannabe. That's fine. Um, using my name in your title CD and song and not asking me permission. I mean, that's kind of oh, wow. uh, disrespectful. Or maybe even thinking, oh, he's not going to do nothing about it. Well, you're lucky I wasn't under contract because Vince, with his lawyers, would own you in about four hours. Yeah. And then... Eminem would be firing you and telling you to get out of Detroit. <laughs> I was not aware of that. I was not aware that, that so, you know, he didn't really ask you. Yeah. It's yeah. disrespectful, and um, there's other stories about me uh, going to one of his shows, putting him in a headlock, and, you know, introduce, but, you know, uh, I don't do things for free. I'm, I'm, Elvis doesn't sing for free. Barry Horowitz isn't putting you in a headlock for free at a crazy hip-hop show, which I despise. <laughs> Thank you. I can't stand hip-hop either. Uh, getting back to wrestling real quick, have you ever thought about opening your own school? I, I know you said like AEW or WWF being a trainer, you know, coach, whatever. And they've done that. Yeah, still running? Owned a school for, owned a, no, owned a school for two years in Kentucky with Reno Riggins, good friend of mine, tag team partner. And it went well, but then I started really getting heavily booked. So crazy, I didn't need that school. So I closed it. We closed it. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. One last question. We talked off air, uh, like I said, mm-hmm. two weeks ago. I don't know if you looked into any more homework. Um, mm-hmm. How how do you think this whole OVW combine, the draft that they're going to be having on June 1st? I know, I know nothing about it, so you could tell me about it. Okay. I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. I thought I talked to you. Maybe I didn't, but whatever. It's me. No, huh? OVW. I've heard of OVW. Isn't that... Isn't that Ohio Valley? It is. Now owned so by Al Snow. Own... Didn't Vince used to own that? Is a developmental, yes. Ah, and now Al Snow does. Yep, he bought it from Dangerous Danny. But Say that again? He bought it from Danny Davis. 
Danny Davis, Nightmare Danny Nightmare, Davis? Yeah, not Danger. Danger. He was oh, the yeah. referee. Jeez, Mark, come on. <laughs> right. So there's two. So you're talking yeah. about Nightmare. Right. Yeah. Yeah. By absolutely. the way, he was a great, a great wrestler. I, I wrestled him in GWF. Good wrestler. So Al is now has this thought process. On June first, okay. he's inviting yeah. three hundred athletes uh, yeah. of any type down to Louisville because it's not Louisville; yeah. it's Louisville to compete yep. for fifteen scholarships. It, it, essentially, <laughs> it's going to be about twenty five thousand dollars that OVW is going to give to really? the fifteenth athletes. Yeah, men, women, okay. you know, it, they're all fighting for the same job. And I just wanted to get your thoughts of. How do you think I, that's going to open up an endless uh, amount for people now? You know what that is? Just off the top of my head, what you just said, right away comes to my head is tough enough and all stuff like that. That Basically, you get two birds with one stone. Basically, let's just say, for instance, the show, it's on TV, which I don't think they do anymore. You know, you're getting two things. You're getting a product, you're getting ratings, and you're getting somebody out of that instead of looking them for them in the school or, or showing up and getting a tryout. Because back in the day, what you would do is you would get a tryout or somebody would recommend you, which I kind of like that. It's kind of cool. That's what happened with Ken Shamrock and I. They tried him out at Greensboro Coliseum. Uh, Blackjack Blackjack Lanza was the agent there. I didn't even know Ken. I didn't know him at all. I only think he used that name, and they were trying him out. Let's see what this guy could do. So... That's what I'm saying. That's the first thing that comes to my mind is like the lottery or what have you, and it's a different form, but it's the same thing. It right. probably will do well because if you see any of those shows on TV, Survivor, all of that, uh, the one with the, the Rock and so forth, it draws a ton because you know somebody that's that is really accomplished is going to do well. But then then your other guy is, oh, I could do that, or I'm a powerlifter. Well, it it's more than that, and you're going to get embarrassed and owned. So maybe you should, you know, just cool your jets and just listen to what they have to say. So Barry, what else is what else is up with you? You doing conventions? You doing some like mm-hmm. Comic Cons? You do? You, what are you? Yep. Uh, you going to make your way up to Pennsylvania and hang out with us? Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, heck yeah. I mean, I've been there. I've God, I've wrestled there so many times. I know every little part of Pennsylvania. I mean, starting with Pittsburgh, Allentown, and Shamokin, and those little towns, uh, oh my God, I can't, I, I remember them, but I'd have to, have to think about them. Uh, uh, what's that one that really drew, uh, the home of the C, what was it, the CYO Pavilion, uh, that was Old Town. Well, a lot of them are old. A lot Quaker of them are old, yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of that one. Oh, they, they, Vince ran it back in the day, like frequently, like every month. Um, Hamburg? Oh. Uh... What is it? Hamburg? Not Hamburg or Allen, not Hamburg or Allentown or Pittsburgh or there was Shamokin, there was Johnstown, there was, uh, there was one with the Jaffa Mosque. Altoona. 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 Thank you. Very good. And then there was that other one, that old one. I mean, I think it's older than all of them. It was horrible in the winter. Very depressing. Um, and it was at a CYO, which is like a Christian youth organization building. Uh, and it was old and, they're all old. Uh, uh, that's it. Yeah, I was just trying to think of that. I just can't. It's, it's probably after I get off the phone, it'll, it'll, I'll think of it, but I can't think of it right well, now. Well, if you know Shemokin, then you really do know Pennsylvania, <laughs> right? I yeah. told you, see? Yeah. yeah. Hey, I remember I got lost one time in a rent-a-car, and I 
pulled off the road, and I go, oh, there's a house over there. And I pull up to this house, and it's like there's nothing around but this house. I see a barn, and I see these hex signs hanging on the barn and the house. You've never seen a guy put it in reverse quicker than Barry Arliss in a rent-a-car. First thing that's coming to my mind is some of those movies, they're going to eat me or something. Deliverance? Yeah. Yep. Welcome well, to Pennsylvania. Yeah, I got out of there quick. So I'm glad I did. So anyway, I found my way. But uh, yeah, uh, now where are you guys in Pennsylvania? Physically, we are in Dubois, Pennsylvania. I'll put it that way. Dubois, Ridgeway. But today we are in Pittsburgh because we did a benefit show for a wrestler that got injured uh, about seven Ooh. months ago uh, doing Ooh. doing a flip off the top rope. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that flip isn't needed. Yep. Right. Yep. yep. Undertaker's at best. Bore or something. Not boring, but sometimes that snap suplex or salto or reverse sunset flip is, is just as good, and nobody's getting killed. Save it yep. for Madison Square Garden. Yep. Right. Great point. But uh, getting back to... The Civic Arena, iconic building, a.k.a. the Igloo, and also where they filmed Sudden Impact with Van Damme. Right. That's where Barry Horowitz had it all with the SummerSlam match, featured match against Skip, the good old Pittsburgh Igloo. Yep. It is gone and now. You know it's gone, and right? Guess, and guess who I went to the building with, I was traveling with? I'll see, I'll use different names to throw you off, but you're going to get it. I'll just use Isaac Yankum. Oh, yeah. DDS. Yeah, we shared shared a room, and we went to the building together. I'm going to tell you something. After that match with Skip at the Civic Arena, and I'm serious now. Now, I'm a type A personality as it is. I'm high energy, and I do all natural things, products, because I'm a certified nutritionist. So I'm full of B vitamins and honey and propolis and anything else I could throw at you that you don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) But... Also, the adrenaline high. When I was done with that match, I bet you I didn't come down off a natural high or take off my boots for one hour. Wow. One hour. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, I knew I didn't have to catch a plane. I knew uh, Glenn was waiting on me and what have you, and I don't even know where he was on the card, but, and I knew my hotel room wasn't far. I was just on cloud nine, elated, but one hour I didn't take off my boots. Couldn't stop thinking about the match in my mind. Did you do this right? Did you do that right? You know, just critique it in my mind. I've always did that. After every match, like if we got on a plane or on a ride home, I would go over the whole match from bell time to the end. Not obsession. I just think it created a better uh, blueprint for me to improve myself. So tonight you were in Madison Square Garden. You you were working with um, Owen Hart, You and you worked the arm in every possible way. You know, so you don't get stale. Tomorrow night and Tuesday when I'm in Montreal at the Montreal uh, Centra, I- I'm going against Brady Boone, and I think I'm going to work the leg. Yeah, I'm going to do a thousand different things to the leg. Show to people I'm a versatile wrestler. And I projected that. And people tell me today, because um, my, my, my forte is I love the, the arm, the neck, back, and leg. The neck, there you go. The neck and the back, they are overlooked a lot. People always, uh, not always, but a lot of wrestlers think the arm. Fans think about the arm, they think about the leg, uh, the back, and the neck. Not too many guys can work a leg properly except Japanese wrestlers. The leg is is pretty cool. It's pretty intricate. Speaking of uh, SummerSlam or something like Mm -hmm. Madison Square Garden, you hear wrestlers Mm -hmm. come off 
trying to come off of a high like that, and, and they, they go out and they do other things because they have a tough mm-hmm. time coming back down. How did Barry Horowitz unwind? Was it watching your matches? Oh. Did that, did that yep. get you back That's in the frame? Yeah. No, just to come down, unwind after a match, real simple. Uh, well, not to that extent at the Civic Arena, but... You know, sometimes you're in a rush, you know, a quick shower, what have you, wanted to get something to eat, and you're thinking stuff, get back to the hotel room. If I was split in a room with somebody, fine. If not, uh, just unpack my stuff. Uh, uh, think about, definitely think about my match before I went to bed or during sleep, and then I would pass out or whatever and go to sleep. But uh, no drinking, maybe a movie, unless I had to get up early for a plane, lights out. You know, the the bottom line was I needed that eight hours because I knew I had a grueling day of traveling. I knew I had to get to the gym. You got to get your hotel room. You got to get your rent a car. You know, you got to be accountable. Keep all your ducks in a row. Right. And it worked for me. Sometimes it's stressful, but you know, what are you going to do? Right. Barry, final. Don't let it consume you or ruin you. Barry, final question: What do you tell? You know, you have a 18-year-old coming up to you right now, picking your brain. What do you tell them that maybe you didn't know back in the day? What do you tell them is, like, your number one advice to any new wrestler? Wow. I think we would just basically just listen. Listen, don't let nobody take advantage of you. Don't get in trouble. Um, just listen and learn and try your best. You know, don't... Be a leader, not a follower. You don't need to go to the bar till three in the morning. You got to catch a plane at seven. You don't need buying drinks for people. You don't need to do that. You got to save your money. I mean, you know, you could be networking and sociable, but don't put on an act or anything. You don't need to. You don't need to do that. They don't respect that. They're they're not true friends. Friends like that who needs enemies. It sounds like uh, you did things the right way. I think I did. Yeah, yeah. You, I think you, I did. Yeah. You, you had a healthy career, right? Mm-hmm. What's so, that? I said you had a nice, long, healthy career. Yeah, I had some injuries, yeah. So, but, yeah. All right, Barry. For the most part, yeah. Do you want to tell yep. everybody where they can find you on Facebook? Yes. And, uh, yeah. All right, go just ahead. Go to, uh, yeah, just go to Facebook. I'm about a week and a half on that now. I have an agent taking care of all my stuff because I don't have the patience for it, and I don't like computer work, and he's real savvy at that. He does that for a living. So you're not really speaking to me. It's not a secret, but if he has to get in touch with me, he does. Or if it's a legit promoter, they'll give him my landline, and we'll talk business. I'm also on WWE.com, special segment, Where Are They Now? I'm also uh, BarryHarwitz.com, MrTechnical.info, all over YouTube. All you have to do is Google my name. The rest just keeps on coming up and coming up and coming up. It's almost crazy how much stuff is there. And that's that's about it. I mean, um, as far as, you know, my uh, where am I and publicity and so forth. And then you'll see me at uh, different venues coming up all over the place. Any you want to mention? Oh, yeah. Actually, um, uh, June 1st, I'll be in uh, a big legends um, WrestleCon at um, Monroe, New Jersey. I'll also be at the Marriott in uh, Tampa, uh, Lutz, Florida, uh, June 15th. That's a Florida Championship Wrestling crew only. So that's going to be really cool. Different. I'm anxious to see Bob Roop there, and uh, that's going to be really cool. And then there's some far away. There's, there's a lot of uh, northeastern ones. There's some Louisville ones. There's some Canada, Alabama, uh, scattered all over, uh, Wyoming, um, 
Texas, um, Alabama, I said that. Oh, Nashville. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, look for me and uh, see. Uh, one thing is, <laughs> one thing, um, I wonder what I'm thinking of, because I know him pretty good, but I haven't spoke to him in years. I wonder what Ken Shamrock thinks <laughs> of that, of that, uh, because I did not post that, and I'm, I got to talk to my buddy, my agent Richie. I'm going, why did you do that? Or you know, I, I don't need Ken Shamrock run, running me down. Right. You know, yeah, years Ken, later, Ken Shamrock's mad yeah. because this all happened, and he, yeah. he wants a rematch. Yeah, really. Yeah, like hey, he taps me on the airport and in, in in Louisiana or something. And I turn around, there's Ken Shamrock. Hey, remember in '89 in Greensboro Coliseum when you beat me with a small package? I'm coming after you right now. <laughs> Hopefully not. So backstage brawl. So backstage, yeah, that's it. So, all right, Barry, thanks for coming on the show today, and uh, thank you. You guys are. I love your name of your show. It's awesome. I mean, that's kind of cool. It's it's different. I, I did one yesterday from Newcastle, England, and it was called Turn Chuckles oh, instead wow. of Turn Buckle. Turn chuckle. I thought that was pretty cool. That's that's clever yeah, that too. I like cool, that. I have to look them up. It's clever, but yeah, look it up. And uh, the guy's name is Paul, podcaster. But you need to. Uh, yeah, I love yours. And if uh, Steve Austin is listening out there, or Bruce Pritchard, I need to be on your show, guys. I'm an interesting guy. By the way, uh, Bruce Pritchard, you were my manager in Global. And by the way, Steve Austin. I've wrestled you numerous times before you were Steve Austin. You were the ringmaster yeah. in Madison Square Garden with Ted DiBiase managing you. Yeah, if it's our our way of hooking you up with them, I hope you say something on, I on, on yeah, them about us. Edge and Christian also. Yeah. Edge and Christian also. Because the reason I'm mentioning all these, I heard their phenomenal uh, podcast, so I think I think I'm qualified to be on there. I think so. Absolutely. I, I think you got a, a couple years in your pocket that it says you, you know yeah, what I you're talking so. about. Yeah, I think so. I All think right, Barry, so. we'll let you run, and uh, we'll reach out to you again in uh, maybe a couple months just to see what you're doing to keep bringing you on and okay. uh, promote the heck out of you. I appreciate it. And two closing things I'd like to say. You know, guys, you're originally, both of you are from Pennsylvania, right? I grew up in New York City, but I've been in Pennsylvania most of my life. That's John. So let's just yeah. use, we'll, we'll just stick with the Pennsylvania team because right. you could tell a lot of guys from Pennsylvania but you can't tell them much <laughs> thanks <laughs> that hits that's number one that hits right, right to the heart okay number two and number two is you know there is a lot of great wrestlers out there but Barry Horowitz wrestles great that's yeah. all I got to say that's yeah. perfect well that's said. well said we'll let you go on that Barry thank you thanks guys I appreciate it you got love it. to thank be on you. your show again that was a fantastic interview we had with Barry Horowitz. We want to thank him again for, for joining us. A lot that we didn't know about, Mark. Yeah, he he went to Shemokin. I love that, you know, he was all over Pennsylvania. And anybody that mentions Shemokin on air, yeah, they're, they're A-OK. They're definitely A-OK. And that's how you can tell someone has really, really traveled. That guy knows every nook and cranny uh, I was just going to say nook and cranny. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. 
So thanks, Barry, for doing the show. I definitely want to reach out to him again, John, don't you think? Uh, yeah, because we have other things that we never checked off our list that we never got to. Um, he's got a great personality, very charismatic. We enjoyed talking to him. An hour or however long it was just flew right by. So uh, we never got to everything we wanted to discuss. We I'm, should actually make it a trip to go to Florida and see him. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'm, I'm A-OK you're, with going to Florida. You're, you're down with that? Yeah. You're down with the OPP? Yep. You know me. So, all right, guys. Every Friday, we bring you these great spotlights here on Can Crushers. Keep listening. John, remember, just because you're trash, it doesn't mean you can't do great things. It's called a garbage can, Mark, not a garbage cannot. See you next week.